Southern Vanguard Radio. This is DJ John Doe, and to the left of me is my man, Cappuccino. Cappuccino. Eddie me. Meeks. What's good, people? Mr. Meeks, how are you, my friend? Man, I'm excellent. How are you, sir? I am doing fantabulous. Yeah, man. It is. That's a, it is a crisp, almost fall night. Almost. Uh, here in the A. Almost, yeah. You have jeans and a long sleeve shirt on. I do. Which I am. Which is. Is nice to see. Yep. That means it's cooler outside. Yep. And some 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 Timberlands. Not not and all some Timbers. <laughs> not all weather, but Timberlands nonetheless. Timberlands nonetheless. Yeah. You would have not been wearing those three weeks ago. No, I would not have. <laughs> no. Hell, last week I was Chancletta down. So. <laughs> That's right. You were Chancletta Meeks last yeah, week. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what a difference a week makes. No doubt. Yeah, good man. weekend though. Yeah, pretty Everything good weekend, weekend, man. Yeah. Nice, quiet, lay low, man. Definitely wasn't uh, out and about. Like a lot of people I saw over the weekend, and uh, I hope they had a good time. Yeah, you know, we uh, both of us kind of took the A3C exodus uh, this uh, this year, didn't we? I yeah, didn't go man. to one single event. Uh, you know what, man? I, I Like I've just <laughs> been telling everybody, and, you know, I got hit up by a lot of people this weekend. You know, I, I maxed out my A3C experience last year. Right. Um, so I'm good. Yeah. There were yeah. there were a, a number of folks in town that would, I, would, I would have liked to have seen, but it just didn't work out. Yeah. So. Yeah. It is what it is. It's all good. Hey, all there's right. always next year. Yes. There is always next year. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You saw Rick Ross. Uh, I did not. Th- throwing up uh, Checkers Burgers uh, and, and had uh, Checkers Chicks on either side of him dancing uh, during nah, the show. This no, was. Uh, see that. This was this weekend. <laughs> was this weekend? Yes. I, I saw none of that. <laughs> <laughs> checkers chicks flanked on either side, and checker signs all over the stage, man. Yeah, might I add that I'm <laughs> I'm thankful that I didn't see any of that. Dang, it was crazy. It was crazy. Damn, Rose. Just which is one of the which is one of the many uh, entertaining things I saw on social media this weekend. Damn, all Rose. Right. Yeah. So, so anywho. Oh. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get down to business, but real quick, before we do that, if this is the first time you're listening because you're a fan of the person that we have on the phone with us tonight for an interview session, Yeah, this is Southern Vanguard Radio. We uh, broadcast or air or drop an episode twice a week. We have a mixed show that drops on Tuesdays. Latest and greatest hip-hop shit, cut up, sliced up, mix not popping shit. Yeah having a great time mm-hmm. uh and 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 by the by the end of the show we're teeing you up for the interview session that we drop on thursdays so uh so make sure you go to soundcloud itunes podcast mixcloud and stitcher radio subscribe follow like repost reshare all that good shit it's really important yeah and uh you know uh every uh tuesday and thursday you got a fresh new episode in your uh in your what i guess your stream or your inbox or whatever you want to twice call it. a week man yeah so 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 make sure you go uh you know check us out and follow us no doubt. All right. So, without any further ado, man, we about the, to grab hip hop hey, by the pussy tonight. <laughs> Absolutely, and put it in your mouth, <laughs> in your motherfucking <laughs> mouth, man. Yo, we got the one and only Akinale on the phone with us tonight. What, Ak, what's what, going what, on, what, man? What, what, what? What's going on, y'all? How you feel, man? man. You've been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us tonight. Hey. We appreciate it. Let's go. Let's go. I'm going to put it in your mouth, live and direct. Let's go. Let's get it. That's what I'm talking yeah. about, man. Man, so honored to have you, man. Uh, huge fans. Definitely. Um, how's, how's Miami treating you these days, sir? Miami's pretty much treating me pretty nice and beautiful weather out here. Always. Um, a lot of... um. 
activity that happens with, you know, dancing and music and girls and mm -hmm. hip hop and, you know, it's like one melting pot. And this is what we're here doing. Man, I was down there this summer, man. If I had known, I would have came and hollered at you personally, man. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Man, did not know it's still it. Summer. It's still summer out here. Oh, all the time, man. How long you been down there, Ock? I've been there. I came out here like approximately 2008. Okay. All right. Almost 10 years. Yeah, coming up on 10. That's what's up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What what prompted your move down there? The, uh, just just time to get out of New York. Just had enough, and uh, you know, kind of uh, wanting a wanting nicer weather, nicer nicer scenery. What, what was the deal there? Um, I love New York. You know, that's inside of me from the rooter to the tutor. When I came to Miami, and I said, "Look, I can have nice weather, beautiful girls, satellite radio, still has me to New York." I'm here. This is what I want to do. Yeah, this is right. what I want to do for, for the rest of I want to ride it out like this. Okay. All right. That wasn't a hard sell at no, all. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. You know, it's funny. I never really thought about that. I mean, satellite radio and the internet has probably um, helped to convince a lot of people to maybe make a jump like that so they can, you know, they can still feel connected with home. Um, and gonna still kind of be able to keep up with what's going on back there on a day to day to day basis, but you know, still be able to enjoy being in a different place. Was it was that was that pretty much the case with you, Ock? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much in a nutshell. Yeah, I never really thought about that before, but that's I mean, you can absolutely kind of stay in tune with what's going on between satellite radio uh, and te technology. You can stay, you can stay yeah. in tune. It's like you'll be miles away from home and still be at home all at once. Yeah, so yeah. It's like, yeah. And that's what caught hip-hop up today as a whole. It's like we're all able to catch up to what's going on in, in New York. We're able to have figure out what's happening in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. We're able to see what's happening in Chicago. Back in the days, you would hear Run DMC records, and by the time it got to Atlanta, New York was finished with it already. You exactly. Know? Yes. So exactly. it was like it was like we we're all in back of each other's timeline. Yep. By the time we heard an NWA record, Cali was done with it. Yeah. New York just yeah. got it like four months and back. Yeah. You know, that's what yeah. was happening. It's all real time right now, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, so Ak, uh, one of the more recent things that I heard that was pretty interesting, uh, and it, it was on, uh, it was on uh, your friend Nori's podcast and EFN's podcast, yeah. Drink Champs, is that you're running for mayor of South Beach? Did I hear that yeah, correctly? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna run for mayor. I'm running for mayor of South Beach. We're gonna have fun. Um, what we just want to do is integrate South Beach and make it an equal opportunity for everyone to have fun. I mean, with the trials and tribulations we went through in building a club on South Beach, I was like, wow, it's 2016, this is still happening. You know, we always know it happens all day at night, but when you go through it, like, in real life, real internet time, real speed access, you're like, whoa, hold on for a second. So now I've decided just to run for mayor just to try to see if everybody can have an equal fair shot at this place out here that we call paradise. That's what's up. You gonna um, pick Uncle Luke's brain? You know, I think he ran for man not too long ago. Uh, you gonna you gonna get any pointers from Luke? Oh uh, yeah, I got all the pointers from Luke already. I watched <laughs> Luke, you know, throughout his whole career. Love him, enjoy him. You know, I see his ups, I see his downs. I always see him keep moving forward, and he's a big inspiration to just keep going. And he, even when he took the Supreme Court and fought for um, freedom of speech, no Luke doubt, was very instrumental very instrumental in what's happening in rap today. Like, a lot of people don't pay a lot of homage to Luke right now. He 
because if it wasn't for Luke, there would be no cursing. They probably would have been, you couldn't use no profanity on record, yeah. and you couldn't express yourself fully. And we would have got railroaded, and that would have been the category we'd have been placed in. No question. Right. And, Luke, and Luke sat there and took that fight for all of us. When he won it, then, you know, it moved back to the side. But that was a big fight at the time. Oh, you that know? was huge. And then you got a lot of, you got, you got a whole bunch of entertainers now who's making a great living on using and expressing themselves to the fullest of their capability. No question. And their capability might be just profanity, might just be getting the point across because they're catering to a crowd that's going to compliment them at the end of the day. And they're speaking their language. And their language is like the hip-hop culture which insists of or consists of using profanity. No question. As far as uh, politics in Miami go, have you have you discussed any of that with him? Um, I know he, he didn't... Um, he went out on on a quest for uh, the mayor of Miami as well, and it didn't work out for him. Has he schooled you on any of that? Um, he didn't give me no pointers on that, but it didn't work out. But then it did work out because mm-hmm. he was going for Miami Dade, and it made him have a loud voice and what was happening over there, you know? And that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, even if I don't win, we won because we create awareness of you can't handle you got to handle everyone equally and fair. Well, I, we're gonna we're do everyone know. We're gonna do our part to make sure you get in that seat, brother. Absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm all in, man. Which, whatever you need, man. It's not definitely, definitely. We got you. so, so. Ak, what have you? Uh, what surprised you the most about the process so far? As far um, as actually, the only thing, the, the only thing that surprised me the most is that yeah, the only thing that surprised me the most was that um. When you're going through this process of trying to make it happen or make things come together, the um, ignorance of people and the lack of everyone acting like it doesn't exist and it doesn't happen and we don't know what you're talking about. Mm. And oh, really, is it like that? You know, that's the thing that surprised me. It's like we know it happens. We, 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 you know, we know people are um, sometimes put in the category where we stereotype. But then you have the other world who acts like, oh, did it really happen? No, I don't think it's that happened. And that's what it was. Mm. It's like, you know, when we went to open home, I went to open a club on Ocean Drive. The club was called, I didn't even have a name of the club yet. Mm-hmm. But they automatically assumed, since I was affiliated with King of Diamonds in the past, that I'm opening up a strip club on Ocean Drive and it's going to be called King of Diamonds. And I'm my, I felt like, yo, I could call the place Cotton Picking King of Diamonds if I want, you know? Right. <laughs> so long as we're not breaking the law, you right. know, that's to be the only the only thought that anyone should ever have. So long as the law is not being broken and the law is being upheld, we shouldn't be stereotyped. But the elephant in the room was that I was the first black-owned business to ever exist on Ocean Drive. Oh, wow. Now, I don't know I don't know if that's a compliment or we should be like, wow, get out of here, really? You know, that was the surprising part. Yeah, when that's... they had a panel, when they had a panel to vote on if I should be there, it was just a whole bunch of elderly people mm. who were there in the time when when um urban people or black people couldn't get a fair shot on Ocean Drive. Yeah. Almost 60 years ago, like I, like I tell the story a lot of times, a lot of people understand that blacks wasn't allowed on South Beach. That's what I was just about to get into. Right. Yeah. They, 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 were, they were able to go on South Beach, but at 8 p.m. they had to leave the beach. Right. And if you didn't have a sign 
um, if you didn't have a signed permission from the chief of police after 8 p.m., you would be arrested and halted off. Right. And this is just this is just like 60 years ago. Yeah. So when stuff like this is happening, and then you know, and then when everybody on the board who's who who's against you are 70 years of age, you know, which you know, I don't stereotype them. It's fair to say that they were caught in their old ways, you know. And this was the whole problem, and yeah. this was the whole elephant in the room. Well, I think it is a big deal that you are the first uh, black uh, business owner on Ocean Drive, uh, just because of what you stated. I mean, there was a, it, it was it was major news when, say, somebody like the Temptations performed at in the hotel down in Miami, or. Um, any R any R and B artist or something like that. So yeah, it is that is pretty much a big deal for you to be the first black business owner on Ocean Drive. Right. We salute now, you for when, that. When the Temptations, when any of the artists in the earlier days performed the Notion, they performed there and then they moved them to Overtown. That's where they right. had to stay in Overtown. Right. They couldn't stay in South Beach. Right. But you know, I'm, I'm like I said, man. I'm from an era where um I'm not political. I'm not an activist, but I I, I feel like Suck my dick. I wrote a song about it. You want to hear it? <laughs> you know, and that, and that was my whole theory. That's, theory. that's what's up. That's I wrote a real. Song about it. Well, here, <laughs> yeah, here it go. Here it go. Right. <laughs> yeah, I wrote a song about it. Here it goes. <laughs> and then you know, so it wasn't like I felt like it. It, 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 it wasn't like I felt like um the black man this or the right man there and righteous for the people. I just felt like, hold the fuck up. The whole day, there was a whole bunch of, I'm the black man, I'm the, you know, and, and these guys sacrifice their lives on the line so people like us don't have to go through it. Right. And then, it only sometimes it makes you aware of how far are, are we slipping back as a country again. Mm. And now, we sit here and we and we forget how far we came, and then you realize how much blood was shed just for us to have the rights. Where I could feel cocky enough to say, "Hold the fuck up, yeah. what are you guys doing?" Yeah, out here? you know. Yeah, and then that That's and then that was it. I like Ocean Drive because the 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 music that I made in hip hop was I I went through. A sex pack. Even my first album was titled Vagina Diner with mm-hmm. Large Professor. Yeah, but the, the the album title itself was like, I was a metaphorical rapper. But the album itself was called Vagina Diner, which was a metaphor for cunning lyricists. You know, as a mm-hmm. cunning linguist would eat someone. So I wanted to be a cunning lyricist, but it was still sex. So sex was universal. I spoke a universal language. I outlived all my peers in the group. Back then, everybody was like, ah, why are you going sex? Yo, you should keep it what you've been doing. Stay on this lane, lane, lane. Mm-hmm. But I seen something, you know, and I, and, and I outlived it because it's like I felt like every day some kid turns 13 years of age and wants to learn about sex. This is why you have a song that doesn't die and you're fortunate about that because it's something that people are always interested in. And in Miami, on South Beach, sex sells. I see sex all out there. When I go to South Beach, I go for bikini, Mm -hmm. everything. (laughs) Latin food is a great melting pot of different ethnicities and different backgrounds there. And that's what I signed up (laughs) I I tell you what, when I, when I, uh, so, so, uh, in in my, in my quote unquote regular life, I'm a sales guy. Right. And I have, um, for probably the past five years, 
I've had Florida, including South Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale area as a territory, right? And I can't tell right. you how fucking happy I was because I'd never spent a lot of time in South Florida before in, in the Miami and Fort Lauderdale area. But once I took right. about my second or third trip, I was like, oh, this motherfucker right here is the hit. Like I gotta, yeah. I gotta do as much business as I can down in this motherfucker, so I know, so I have as many opportunities to come down here as possible, man. What a great, exactly, exactly. What a, what a great place. So, so real quick, I, I have a question though. So, so you're the first black-owned business on South Beach. Are you the first minority-owned business? Period. Like, there's, there's no, um, like, is it all white-owned on South Beach? No, no, no. Okay, not South Beach. Okay, Ocean Drive. I'm sorry, Ocean Drive. Ocean I'm sorry. Drive. So, you know, so Ocean you Drive. Manhattan, I'm sorry. And yes. then you have Times Square. Yes. You know, yeah, South Beach. Then you have Ocean Drive, the mm-hmm. first. Everybody else is other. Whether is it's yeah, every every basically everyone else who owns them is white. Wow. <laughs> right. So it's it's only white owned businesses on Ocean Drive until white you, owned until white you popped owned up. Businesses, white owned businesses. And then, I mean, you do have not real you know, I'm the first urban black. You do have other minorities like okay. the Gloria Estefan. They own other things there. Mm-hmm. But but okay. you gotta remember now. She probably thinks she's white. The, uh, a lot of the Spanish in a lot uh um a lot of the Spanish people in Miami, they're not considered minorities. Right. Like, this is the only place right. that's like that, you know? Right. The, the, right. the, the cute like they'll look at a black person like get out of here. Yeah, only in New right. York, only in New York, <laughs> and then the east and on, way on the east coast, do the Latins see themselves as black. You know, right. and right. else, they're not. You yeah, know? so it's different. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Hell that's yeah, very that's true. true. Wow, for real, man. Interesting, you go, man. You go to and and, and it's so funny. You go to Africa, right? Uh-huh. And then the Africans in Africa feel that they're better than the black American. Oh, that's <laughs> always been like that. Oh, yeah. And, and it, but you know, it, it, it all turns. There's different degrees, different um, as levels to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. No question. Right. <laughs> all right, speaking so, of uh, New York, and uh, I'm, you, you say you keep up with with New York pretty good. What's what's popping in Lefrac City right now? Back up in Queens, you. You keep up with your peoples there. You still got family and, and good friends there and everything. Yeah, I still got family. I still got friends in New York City. New York City never changes. It's, it's, it's consistent. It's like when you go to New York City, whoever you left there in that corner, you're going to see them on that corner mm. when you get back. And that's how it is. It's just New York is just basically what it stands for, which is just tradition. Gotcha. You go to New York, you're going to traditionally see this is what it is. This is what's going to go down. You know what you're going to get from New York. It's just like with New York hip-hop. You're going to get that straight boom-bap, you know, rapping. You're going to hear that real, authentic queen slang go throughout everybody. You no know, doubt. Especially if they're coming from Queens. Got you. Oh, I lost my train of thought. What's up? I, I I had a question and it evaporated from my brain. As soon oh as man, I, you got to get that. Don't, don't don't worry, I do that sometimes. <laughs> you got to get that circuit, back, homie. I shut circuits. I peak. I peak the raiders sometimes. We gotta go. <laughs> oh, I know what I was gonna ask. So so I, how how close okay. are you to how close are you to getting this thing open on Ocean Drive? Like how, on how, Ocean Drive, approximately, we're gonna open within the next two weeks. Um, oh. we have a series right now. That is on allhiphop.com, and it's yes. called King of South Beach. Mm-hmm. If you tune into it, I have about 
10 episodes. I drop a new episode every Monday. Allhiphop.com. The funniest thing about it was the people speak. When we first did it, we were watching it. And then, you know, this is about script life. This is about um what's happening in the culture that we know. So then... And when, when you first see it, we started slow, and eventually now we get 3, 3 million eyeballs a week that mm, watch the show. Mm, mm, yeah. 3 million. So That's now incredible. you don't even have some television shows that are getting 3 million You're eyeballs right about a that. week. So it goes to show that the people know what they want. TNA. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, so, so I, I guess you're going to have a, a, a kind of a more, uh, I guess, wider distributed show on one of these cable networks eventually, right? I mean, somebody's got to. I, I think, I think, I think right now we are the future, and us over at All Hip Hop basically is the future. The cable networks, they're pretty That's good, true. but the um, the internet is instant. It's like Instagram. It's like most of the time, I love a show in the cable network, but if I missed last week's episode, I got to wait till it goes on Netflix. And by the time it gets to Netflix, I'm in, I'm way on season four and Netflix showing season one. Right, so I'm yeah. so out of touch with it. So it's like, what we're doing is real life, real speed, real time. Yeah. So you get to see it. You get to see the girls. You get to watch the waitresses. And then you get to come to this place where these people actually work at and it's real and it's live and it's real time. And you're like, wow, here she goes with all the television shows that I watch on TV. If there was a place where I could actually go see the motherfucker, I would probably go there and be like, yo, hold on. She's coming out right now. Yeah, live yeah. studio yeah. audience. Yeah. So uh, going back, you said they assumed you was opening a strip club. Just officially, you did open up a strip club on Ocean Drive, right? No, what what I did open what I opened up on Ocean Drive is a soul food restaurant. Okay. Now the name of it is called King of Diamonds D Live. D Live is another brand of a strip club with my friend Damon Damon Damian. Damon Cobbs, right? So he owns V Live. He owns the brand. They have a they have a V Live in Houston. They have one in Dallas. They have one in Jackson, Mississippi. They have one in Phoenix, Arizona. They have one in New Orleans. They have one in Atlanta. Hmm. They have one in Chicago. And they're now opening one in DC. So King of Diamonds, we were like the LeBron James of the game up here because I was owning King of Diamonds. No and question. Then DC and them at V Live, they were like, they're the Steve Curry. They're the new kids coming up, you know? Mm -hmm. So we all branded together. So now when you go to Ocean Drive, um, when I was at King of Diamonds, we're approximately doing $8 million, $9 million a year, and that's what I'm making over there. But now when I go to places at Ocean Drive, I watch these Latin restaurants, and they're called Mangoes, and you got the Clevelander. And all they have is music, food, and pretty girls dancing. Okay. So it's kind of, it, it was kind of like, and they were grossing $30 million a year doing God it. Damn. So it was kind of like, it was kind of like um, back in the days, you'll see MC Hammer in them, and we'll feel like MC Hammer in them was selling out. But they were going platinum and triple platinum because mm -hmm. they were just making songs that people could understand in a universal sense. Party cuts, So yeah. now... Right, party cuts where appeal to the universal people. Mm -hmm. So now what we're doing is we're putting poles in there. We're going to have the best <laughs> girls in there, the top girls in there. They're going to spit on the poles. They're going to do everything, but they're going to dress sexy, but not actually strip naked. Gotcha. And it's kind of, we're going to be like the black hooters. 
Got you, got you. selling soul food on Ocean Drive with the best bartenders, the best waitresses, the best entertainers out, and now we want to get in the bracket of making $30 million a year. And we're just going to clean it up a little. It's just like you watch the street baller. He's going to play 21 on the street. But the NBA says, look, we're going to clean it up. You guys are not going to hit each other. You're yeah. not going to foul each other. <laughs> yeah. And this is how we're going to do it. And we're going to shoot you. <laughs> I, we're going to give you about, I don't know, 30 million a year if you can do it. You know? Exactly. So that's what we're doing. We're just cleaning it up. Okay. And we're taking it to the pros right now. Okay, that's what's up. we're integrating this urban lifestyle with the money. Not right now. Yo, I, I, I did watch one episode uh, on All Hip Hop where yeah. you had, uh, y'all had some, uh, some air conditioning problems. <laughs> Yeah. Um, right. Let me just right. let me just throw it out there that I am a licensed universal technician, and if you ever need um, <laughs> HVAC experience, call me, man. I'll come. I'll come down there and, and hook you up, man. And uh, me right, come down right. for a plane yeah. ticket. I get ice. I get an ice cold in that joint. <laughs> right. Even with that episode with the air conditioning, it, and like I said, we don't care about the air conditioning because if the air conditioning <laughs> is on, that means it's going to be chilly, and we want hot. You want it hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You got that motherfucker on like <laughs> eighty one. <laughs> yeah, we want we want hot bitches. Like Shit. you want to go to place where it's cold. Shit, you, you get it too hot up in there. You get it too hot up in there. Somebody gonna be stripping. I'm telling you oh, that yeah. right now. <laughs> Hot bitches, and, that, and, that, and that's the metaphor again. It's like my brain is thinking, like, damn, she looked hot. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, man. Oh man, that's hilarious. So, so real, real quick, Ox. So, so, so V Live. I mean, just to kind of like, I guess, illustrate what kind of shit that you're you're on right now. So, I, you Google right. V Live real quick, and I see an article from June of this year that says V Live just is basically, you know you know, throwing up an operation here in Atlanta and they held a job fair where over 2000 right. dancers showed up. I think I saw, I mean, that's, from right. that's yeah. some fucking serious shit. Yeah, it's big. I mean, that's, that's crazy, man. Is that, is that, is that the kind of response that you've had, um, for this location in ocean drive? I mean, you, you, you might've, you might've had people coming in from out of town to apply to get a job at this joint. We have people from all over trying to get the job. But with us over here, um, our stipulations, like even with the one that they did in Atlanta, they did a great job out there. I think they're good. Um, with us over here, we're going hard. We're on Ocean Drive. We want the best of the best. We want if a girl though, to have 100,000 followers, like we don't even want it. So that would have probably eliminated a lot of girls already. Mm. But we... <clears throat> We love everybody. It's just that we're small and venues. So we just don't have no time to play at all over here on this one. We want the best of the best, the cream of the crop. Everybody who came out to that Atlanta one, it was a great success, and they're doing beautiful over there. Over here in Miami, we want to carry on tradition, and then we just want to have a twist on this one, where it's like, look, we want the best of the best. Like, I want when you come out here to vacation. Atlanta's a place, a hub where you live. And you relax. Right, so we're right. good with gone. But when you're coming out for the vacation and you party, I want to give you, I want to feel like Mr. Rock and Tattoo, and I want to give you fantasy hours to the fullest extent. Mm. I want your dream girl to be right there, thin. Smiles, everyone. Smiles. Everything else, you know? And yeah. then when they're, and then being that we can't go 
full nudity on Ocean Drive, that means the girl has to look that much better for it to be, Hell for yeah. it to still have the same effect. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Now, what's what's this shit? This article I saw floating around the internet talking talking about you being worth a hundred mil, man. What's up with that he shit? Got a, they 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 made a mistake. It wasn't a hundred; it's five hundred million dollars. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm saying he. They yeah, was, they was they was off by like four hundred. Way off. <laughs> he got he way got off. that man. Super off. They were super off. I was highly upset. <laughs> highly offended. <laughs> highly offended. Every, get your get your goddamn I, numbers I was, right. I was offended. The, the damn IRS was offended. <laughs> everybody, everybody was offended. Everybody yeah. was offended. The the problem is the problem is I'm in a, I'm in a business that um. It's hard to count. <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to it's hard to figure out what's happening here because you can, the money that you go through in these buildings. You got to remember, yeah, I'm a king imagine. of diamonds. Oh, I was a king of diamonds in Miami Gardens doing it. So you have celebrities come from all over the place, and when they're and and football players and basketball players and and um athletes and entertainers who have black cards now. So when they're grabbing a hundred thousand and fifty thousand worth of singles and it's accumulating on you, it looks tremendous. So they don't tremendous. know how many of that actually went in the air or how much of that actually went in your pocket. Mm-hmm. But you know, they just give it to you in your pocket. That's how it goes. Gotcha. That's hell. Yeah. This is what it is. You're in the you're in the strip business. This is what the strip business was all about. Once upon a time, I explained to people that um that in in stripping is like it's like there's no inflation on it. It's the oldest profession out here. Oh, there's no, no doubt like, about like it. They say prostitution is the oldest. Absolutely, stripping is too. When they when they put when they said, look, we're going to give a girl one dollar a one dollar bill. When they said that. It never increased. It never said, look, we're going to throw fives today. We're going to throw tens. We're going to throw it one dollar at a time. And it never, it never left. And that's because we were so trained, um, unconsciously trained, to um, represent the George Washington because he was the first pimp that they ever had out there. Mm. George, I explained this to people once a time, upon a time, like oh, George shit. Washington and them, they didn't go out looking for land. They was out looking for bitches. It's just like back in the, it's just like nowadays, we'll get in the car and go drive. They just got in a boat and they sailed across and they went and raped the pilgrims and everybody. And then when he passed away, they said, what can we do for pimp ass George? They said, let's put his face on the dollar bill and let's make sure no matter what, everybody throws this dollar bill for George Washington. George Washington passed away with syphilis. <laughs> you don't get syphilis. <laughs> you get syphilis from going to fuck around with a lot of shit. No doubt. And this is how we got to the $1 bill being thrown in all the clubs. Because George Washington was the first original <laughs> with the original profession. And, and just showing George all types of respect, we're honoring him. And we never tip more than the dollar bill. I don't care if we're going to go. Ten thousand, we're gonna give it one dollar at a time because it's just installed in us to do it for George. We don't know why we're doing it, but it's just for George. <laughs> and this has been a U.S. history moment on Southern Vanguard Radio. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna give this snippet to my ten year old son to take to school this week. What do you think? Oh yes. shit! Yo, Meeks. So, so Meeks, have you ever seen a hundred K in one stacked up, man? 
I've never seen some shit every, like that. What's I the mean, most you've every, seen stacked every, up? Every day. I can't call it. I can't call it. That's the that's mm. that's the minimum. That's the regular for me. Wow. Every day. What what I my my life uh is like art imitating life. You know, mm. like I'm on the real side of it. I'm watching it. I'm doing it. I'm seeing it. Yeah. I'm seeing the hundred K. I'm seeing the hundred K go up in the air. You know? Oh I'm I'm God. on the other side of it. You know, I'm counting. I'm though it, it's there. It's so, that. so it's I, the best I, thing. It's the oldest. It's the oldest profession. Oh, it just it, it just doesn't turn it like this by itself. It's been happening for years. Right, Very true. <laughs> so, Ak, do you remember the first time you saw a hundred k in ones being tossed up in the air at the club? Do you remember that? And yeah, who it was? I, I remember that. I was I was um I was a young kid. I was um I was a rapper. And I was in a strip club, and I was singing "Put It in Your Mouth," and I said, "You know what? This is what the fuck I'm gonna do right in here, <laughs> right now. This is what I'm gonna do the rest of my life." I said, "Music, the prettiest ladies, a hundred k, any uh, any given time, a hundred G's in your grill." I'm like, "Let's oh, go, man. This is what that is a life. That's that is a life. Yeah, we would like to talk to you about some music, but." I, I'm pretty let's sure that's. I'm ready. I mean, I'm ready for music. I'm, vers- I'm versatile. I'm, 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 I'm from the era. I'm the last of the Mohicans from my side of yeah. the tribe. Okay, I would you agree know, with that. Very, okay, very few of us still around, still existed. I'm one of the last ones. I'm one of the ones who were built to stand the test of time. I got and you. I'm living everyone, and I'm showing them right now, and they're just now seeing everything okay it's just like um let's get into music now let me that's a so, great segue for getting into music so so now I, it's like so so yeah. I, real, real quick we, we we connected with you with with a mutual friend of ours the, the one and only dr butcher no doubt how, how about yeah. you know piece to piece of dr butcher and um you know i i just like to hear a, a little bit about you know how you guys met and kind of how that relationship developed. And that'll that'll probably put us down on that path, I would imagine. Right. Me and Dr. Butcher met through um Large Professor. That's how I met Dr. Butcher. Large Professor was producing my albums. Dr. Butcher was DJing and producing for um Cool G Rap. Dr. Butcher originally was a rapper and he was a really 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 creative intelligent rapper he was like metaphorically great like uh, like he was sparring with cool g rap so cool g rap hand down is the best artist out that that has ever existed through the test of time like when you think about g rap was throwing two and three metaphors back to back in lines and was going. It's like, wow. And these are kids with no college education. So you're wondering how they, how is their brain even operating in that level or that magnitude? So Dr. Butcher came from that school. So Dr. Butcher actually knew um, good music and he knew good lyrics and he knew how to put it together. He also used to work with LL Cool J back in the days too, which was like rap icons. These guys are lyricists, strong lyricists coming out, you know, back in those days. So Dr. Butcher was real instrumental in putting together some of the greatest artists. And um, I came out of a, do- a Dr. Butcher production myself, along with large professors. So, Ak, what, what, what did you guys go to? Did you and uh, Butcher go to school together, or did you go to school with with, with Large, or like how, how was that? Because I mean, you you guys kind of grew up close uh, close to one another, right? You were in Left Rack, and uh, 
Uh, Butcher's what from from Corona, right? Is that right? Yeah, Butcher from Corona. Okay, I'm from Left Rack City. I went to school with Lars Professor, so that's how you know I got hooked up. Me and Lars Professor was pretty pretty good friends, and um, from there that's how I got introduced to Doctor Butcher. Gotcha. So so what? What? When did you like decide to start doing like this this music shit? I mean, I I assume I mean you're in you're in Queens, hip hop's everywhere. You know, it's just it's just part of part of the culture. It's a way of life there, right? Like, at, at what point did you decide to start? You know, I don't know, developing your craft, or you know, were, were you and Large kind of like on that path together, or were there a, were there a click up? You well, like how did no, that work? When, when how it happened was by the time I met Large Professor. He was doing his thing. Like, I started rhyming when I was a product. Like, I have books now of stuff that I was writing when I was 13 years old, mm. 14 years old. Okay. You know, so it was like, for me, it was just a passion. It just caught me, and I had fun with it, and I had fun being creative with it and thinking, you know, how to make it the best. Now, did, did, now you, had, you had family members that were into music, or was there just music playing all, uh, in the house all the time? Or did you have maybe a brother that was an influence or sister that was an influence musically? Or or was it well, just... Well, what happened with me, I had a... Um, I was, my babysitter was into music. He was like, he, he had to babysit me, and he had a group of his own. So, you know, here it is. I'm a young kid, nine, ten years old. They're watching me. <clears throat> I'm watching them practice and rehearse. And then that's how I caught the bug, and then from there that's how I got into it. So, so would we know that group that the the, the babysitter was in, or or uh... no, we wouldn't know that group. They were okay. just they All were right. just some of the hardest working motherfuckers, and they showed me <laughs> the meaning of dedication and hard work, gotcha. and I seen it. So it's like I I knew what it took to be number one because in my in my heart they were number one. So it's like when I did it. It was like the Karate Kid who came back and avenged, avenged his brothers and his family death because no they didn't doubt. need it. So he came right. back and he killed us for that. When got gotcha. it for him, that's gotcha. what's up. So, so, so when you met Large, was he already into the main source shit and working on Breaking Adams or what? What was what was up? Yeah, with that? when I met Large, he was working on he was with the main source, Sir Scratch and K Cut. Yeah, um, we had met at a high school called John Bound High School. You know, we were all in the school together. So they knew him for rhyming. I was known for rhyming on one side. And then um, we got hooked up. And <clears throat> from there, he was like, look, man, we should probably do songs together. And I was like, yeah. And then me and Lars Professor, we, we, we weren't really friends at the time when we were growing, growing up. We, had, okay. we, were, we were both in love with a girl named Marianne Fox, <laughs> you know? Okay. So it was like, it was like, it was like we, were, you know, we were going at it over a girl. So it was, <laughs> it was kind of funny. So then, you know... We got together, and then he was like, look, come on over. I make beats. You know, at that time, I didn't know what production was. I just knew rhyme and go, rhyme and go. Right, right. And then um, when I started hanging with Lars Professor, that's when um, we went to his house. We got stuff hooked up. And then from there, that's how I bounced in and met Nas through Lars Professor. And then from there, me and Nas became really, really, really great friends, you know. We would spend hours on the phone just kicking rhymes to each other, going, going, going so, every night. You know? so, so you guys and just met in a session we, or what? Uh, um, you guys just meet in a session or how did that work? Or was Large working with Nas or how'd that, how'd that work out? Large was working with Nas and then Large brought Nas over to me and introduced me to him one day. Ah, uh, okay. And then from there, you know, we were both, we, we, we both seen it and then, you know, 
we was like, wow, this is great. You know, and then I, I always knew he was good. At the time, Nas didn't have a record deal at all. So it was like, I used to take Nas around and shop him to everybody. I took him to Russell Simmons. I huh. took him to everybody. They were like, nah, he's whack. He's not good. You know? <laughs> and I was like, are you crazy? Listen to this kid. He's dope. But you know, as, you know, a lot of those, um, no disrespect to Russell Simmons or none of them, but they weren't lyricists. They then, you know, you hear a kid spitting raw, you don't know what it is, you know. Yeah. If you're not into basketball, you only know when the guy crossed over when the whole crowd goes, Ooh, yeah. you know what I mean? You're like, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. yeah, I remember Russell Simmons saying uh Nas was a, a, a G rap bite. Oh, he's biting. Yeah, G-rap. that's why that's why he didn't fuck with him. Yeah, but I, I yeah, yeah. I don't even think Russell Simmons knew what a G rap was back then. You know, <laughs> Russell Simmons just paved the way where he was with Run DMC, and they just created. You know, because what what G rap was doing was not what Run DMC was doing. Right. Run DMC made so much money they didn't have time to look at a G rap. You know, yeah. what they was doing was fucking right. Absolutely, we didn't, it's just like even back then what G rap was doing. We didn't think it was incredible. It's only now when we look back and listen to them old records and realize, damn, this motherfucker was ill. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? I got when, when you when you when you're piecing the puzzle together, you're like, wow, listen to this. He was doing this back then. Yeah, G. That's when you kind of realized it was great. No doubt. I, I got to go back a minute. Who ended up getting Marianne, man? <laughs> oh, none of us, man. Nobody. Oh, none of us at all. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but but Lars, Lars Professor actually was he he did if if I have to say which one of us um really was dating her he was really dating her at one point yeah. oh okay <laughs> it was the glasses maybe the glasses man yeah yeah <laughs> glasses, uh, can you give us any any backstories that that we might not know about um live at the barbecue was that a was that was that one session was it several sessions was was it anything crazy that popped off um was it was it some rhymes that didn't make it on that record talk talk to us about that for a second yeah like like i did like probably two rhymes that and then both of them didn't make it and then um the the other one that I did do, I mean, it wasn't that it wasn't a thing of it didn't make it. It was a thing of yo, I think I want to do this one. I think mm-hmm. I want to do that one. Shit, I should have did this rhyme, you know. Yeah. But it was like it was exciting. We didn't know what it was. We were, we were just all happy to hear the record all together on the radio, you know. Yeah. I remember me and Nas the first day when we heard it on the radio. We're listening on the radio. He's at his mother's house. I'm at my mother's house. We're listening to it, and they're playing the verse. They're playing it. Then when it came to my verse, they just skipped it. The went to Lost Professor. And it was like, oh, shit, boo. we were so crushed. <laughs> but it was like, fuck it. You know, we didn't care. I remember the very first time we performed it, we performed it at a club named um, Ajax. We didn't know what it was going to be, what it was going to do, but we went for it. The crowd was real receptive, and it worked. The very first time we um, went to the Apollo Theater, we performed it at the Apollo Theater, and it was funny, man. I always remember this day. We come out of the Apollo Theater, and me, Lost Professor Nas, and the guy Joe Fatal, we're just yeah. running. After we left, after we got off the stage, we went to the back door and started running. What? And and I don't know. I thought we thought we were the Jackson Five, and we thought we had to get a light job <laughs> on. The motherfuckers were chasing us, but nobody is chasing us. <laughs> the funniest shit. No, we were like, why are we running? We don't, yeah. we don't have no fucking fans. <laughs> That's crazy. But we were, 
But we were used to like, yo, when we do that pile, I'm going to get a light jog on because I don't want these fans chasing me down. <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. That's totally different from my Apollo experience. Yeah. We. We walked out of that bitch slow as a motherfucker, but we had just got booed. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> head down, that's moping. Ill. Yeah, that's ill. No doubt. So, <laughs> so Ak, was was it pretty soon after uh, after live at the barbecue that you got in the lab to work on Vagina Diner, or had you been working on it prior to that, or? How'd that kind of um, get together? I got I got in there right after barbecue and started doing Vagina Diner. Now, Vagina Diner, I think, is um, hands down, I mean, for me, is one of the best albums. Um, After Vagina Diner, I did what? The Put It In Your Mouth EP. Then I did Octopus. Mm-hmm. Then I did Anaconda. Yeah. Then I have another one after that called Music Kills. Now, with all these albums, some of them didn't hit. They all, even Vagina Diamond didn't hit. But it's like they're babies to me. You work nine months. You work nine months on them, and when they don't oh, yeah. hit, you feel like you have a miscarriage, you know. Hmm. But you still always got love for them. And it's like I never let those songs or those albums die and go to, and go unheard or unforgotten or nothing like that. That's why it's like today. In today's world, I watched them songs start to come back because I didn't leave them because they were like my little babies that were out there that never right. made full hip hop birth. But now, when you come back and you were watching Drake do the fuck for free song over, you're like, yes. You're like, it makes you feel like you get on the phone and you call Buckshot Shorty and you call Lord Finesse and you say, we won, motherfuckers. We didn't die in vain. <laughs> right. We were front line and we paved the way for these motherfuckers and they didn't forget us, you know? Right. You know? Right. And then everybody feels like, shit, we all had part of hip-hop, you know? We're part of hip-hop history. And that's, and that's kind of like one of the most complimenting and one of the most, forget a Grammy, forget all of that. Mm-hmm. One of the most biggest re- rewards as a rapper is to watch the newest, youngest, strongest rapper come remake your stuff and let you know that you are hip-hop and you are here and you're not forgotten. Yeah, <laughs> no That's doubt. the biggest honor you could ever have. Yeah. So, so, Ak, what, so, this is 92-ish, 93-ish. You're, you're working on this, right? So, and, and you're on Interscope. So, are you, are you crossing, right. are you crossing paths with, you know, with Jimmy and Dre and all the shit that's popping on the West Coast on Interscope, or were you kind of, I guess, secluded from that? Because that was kind of an interesting time in music. You know, the Chronic had just hit around that time. Yeah, that was a that was, that was a very interesting time. I think um, Dr. Dre and them they had a whole formula. Snoop and them came out. They 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 had Dre who was seasoned and who knew what he wanted to do. Snoop corrupt. All of those guys, they didn't they, they didn't know what they were doing. They were just like rapping, you know? Mm-hmm. But Dre put it together and where he made it like iconic. <clears throat> he knew the formula he wanted it to be. So he did it. So by the time that happened, it took off so fast and so hard that I kinda got swept away in those okay. and I kinda got in the shadow of what that monster was. That's what I was but gonna ask. Yeah. In the in the, in the true hip hop people and then the true hip hop fans who listen to the lyrics, it's like, wow, they always, you know, it was like I was probably the number one most 
underrated artist mm. ever, you know? Yeah. And it was like, it was like marvelous haggle. Like, you're there, you're fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting, but they never gave you that shot. Never gave you, you never props. got that yeah. title shot. Yeah. You never, you, and then, and then by the time you got it, you got it with a record that couldn't touch the radio because you were so fucking frustrated with everything already. Right, yeah. And you didn't even care. And yeah. your whole model was suck my dick. Yeah. So, so, so uh, that, that, that's that's yeah. a really good point, actually. And you talked a little bit, uh, a little bit about this uh, with Nori and EFN. And then I was talking with Butcher over the weekend, and he all, he also brought it up. And he said that you know because you you've run in some pretty remarkable circle circles, uh, you know, in your hip hop or your rap career. Nas, Jay Z, Big, and w- one thing that Butcher mentioned, and, and you also talked about this, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago on Drink Champs, was about how all of these guys saw you as competition, whether it was Big, whether it was Jay. I don't, I don't know if maybe Nas maybe necessarily felt the same way. Maybe you guys had a kind of a, 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 a I guess, a tighter relationship or bond there, but. I mean, that's really interesting to say, you know, to kind of think about, you know, those guys worried about you and the things that happened or didn't happen as a result of them seeing you as competition. Like, can you, can you elaborate? They they, they would see you as competition because it's like everybody is like, we're all at the start line together. And, you know, we're running this race. The gun goes off, bang, and we're all running. We're all neck and neck running now. Um, some of us are more successful than others because of the backing we had in back of us. Would Biggie had been that successful if he didn't have um, Puff, yeah. Puff Daddy mm. in back of him? Or Mr. C. Him. Would, would Jay-Z had been that successful if he didn't have Dame Dash pushing him? Would Nas had been that successful if... Columbia at the, that time, Roughhouse Columbia, mm-hmm. who had the market in that fucking headlock because of Cypress Hill and everybody, yeah, and who right. made sure his song could get to the correct outlet and not saying that it wasn't dope. Would he have been that successful, you know? So it was like, at the time I did Put It In Your Mouth, I was with Jesse. I, I felt Put It In Your Mouth was just as strong as any other record I've ever done. Mm-hmm. But I, at that point, when I did it, I was aligned with a lady named Jessica Rosenblum, who at the time was very strong in New York. Instrumental piece when it came to rap music, and she yeah. still is strong. And at that time, she managed Funk Master Flex. So it was like, with that being said, it's like, was that the reason why that song got that light and that push, and she was able to market it? in all areas and cover all grounds to create the awareness to let everybody know exactly how good this record is and you know and that's what it was so it was like gotcha. it was neck and neck when you go when you go piece any of my old records or any of my old albums and you go word for word for word with it it's like damn they'll say this motherfucker can punch he's a he's a heavy hitter he's punching he's punching he's punching that's why when you go run into real rappers who enjoy rap music and who live by it, they sit, they listen to it. Mm-hmm. They know the fights they want to get into and they know the fights they don't want to get into, you know? And they understand it and they pay homage and they're like, yo, wow. You know, and that's the that's what this thing is all about. So, but, but, Ak, even though you were, you were competing with these guys, you, you know, you, you were, you were on the road with them, for example, right? Like you and Drew, I believe, were on the road a good bit and we're on some tours with Jay, even Nas. 
Correct. I mean, Correct. so, <clears throat> so I mean, how did that? I mean, how did that play out on tour? I mean, is, is every, every, everyone just being cool, or is there just kind of like this unspoken competition, or like as I, an I, unspoken as an unspoken competition? Everybody wants to be number one. Everyone wants that crowd to roar for them. Everybody wants the people to want them. But when you're with each other, you guys are in it together, and you're going out there with the same dream and the same goal. That's why today, when I see a Jay Z. When I see a nod here, it's like, you know, I'm always able to look back. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I could be I get I could be doing anything in life. I'm always able to look back and say, Yeah, that's me. I'm with that. I did that, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So it makes me feel good. I always see them and I'm like, run, motherfuckers, run, you know? It's, it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. I feel like we, I feel like we're at we're at war. We were all on the same US Army and I got caught in the crossfire and I said, if you guys get ahead, I'm shot. I'm wounded. I'm going <laughs> to hold everybody down. So you guys run and get on the plane. And when you right. see them take off and they're going in the sky, you're just like, tell my family, I love them. Keep it going. You know, yeah. it yeah. makes you feel good when you see them still hit no and you doubt. see them still win. You're like, that's me. That's my error. I was part of that. Yeah. I, 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 I paid part of that. I paid the blueprint for them to get to where they're at right now. <laughs> So, Ak, other other than yourself, obviously, who who did you see coming up during that era that you that you thought was gonna pop or should have popped but didn't? Um, a lot of people. I thought like me and Lord Finesse was great friends, you know, and still are to this day. He should have went, you know. There's a lot of people who should have went, but at the end of the day, they did go because. They're not forgotten in the hearts and the souls of Jay Z. When Jay Z when Jay Z's battling, he's thinking about what Karis One would have done. What you know, they learned from history. So it's like we're still living, and I and I explained that to them. When someone from our era is still there doing it, we're still living. Yeah, we're still here. No question. We're not forgotten. That's us. You know. Uh, any uh any 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 chance of any new music coming out or is is that is are you pretty much out of that world right now? Yeah, I got a lot of new I got new music. And you you know what it is? I started recording just for me, not to even compete. Yeah. So it was like I probably have over three hundred songs <laughs> and I kinda realized so now I got songs that I probably recorded a while ago, years <laughs> ago. And when I play it for people today, they love it. And I say to myself, Yeah, I did this probably two thousand and eight and they're like, Really? Then I realized shit. I was ahead of my time. Here mm. it is right now. You know, mm. it fits right in right now. Okay. It's going. And I think, um, I think that's one thing. See, most of the time when an artist gets a budget, he has to do the album. He has to go quick. His money's spent up. He got a hand in the other album. So he's not able to develop and get it right. I think that's why Dr. Dre was so successful because Dr. Dre was so rich that he had the luxury of sitting. He Look, we've been waiting for detox yeah. album ever since ever since almost 20 years now but now but now but now if he would have put out the album the song that he was doing back then back then it might have been ahead of his time mm. if he wait and he and he keeps it like wine and let it get fine by the time he puts it out it'll be right it'll be a whole sound yeah it'll be the like best you shit going when dr dre dropped the chronic that was a sound he probably was working on with nwa you know mm-hmm. and he just mastered it and made sure it was right for his time no doubt no doubt 
So, so Ox, I, I imagine uh, just over the years, probably you've got a lot of uh, you've got a lot of, I guess, shit that hasn't seen the light of day. You and Butcher get get in the lab much, um, you know? Kinda, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, me and Butcher, me and Butcher, we get in the lab a lot. We we um, he'll send me beats. I'll go record them. He understands them. We we understand <laughs> each other. Yeah, and you know that's how we've been going for years. That's yeah, yeah, lots of lots of unreleased material uh, in the vault. Did I ever see the light of the day or no? Oh yeah, a lot of unreleased material. I got like I probably got like a hundred songs unreleased. Oh shit! That I that I that I, that I love and I think is great. And I think it's fabulous. Man, we we, we need to see those. Ock. Come on, man. Yeah, it's, man. Please, you, you you can post those tonight, man. Just th- th- throw them up on a Bandcamp page. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you can charge whatever you like for them. Yeah, and, right. Uh, you know, well, well, you know, the rest will handle itself. <laughs> you know, definitely. And you, you know, f- f- feel feel free to send uh, feel free free to send me and Meek some of those joints too. As we love it. we like. love to have them, man. We throw them out there for you, no doubt. <laughs> hey, Og, I was definitely, um, definitely. I'll send you some. Matter of <laughs> fact, matter of fact, yes, I am gonna. I'll send you guys one tonight, man. We'll have fun with it that's what's oh, up hey please please do that's well, what's we're, up we're gonna record the show right right after this interview actually so if you, if you can make that happen before the show that'd be great otherwise we'll get them on next week that'll be dope oh yeah well yeah no i'm gonna send it tonight to you I'm all right dope. tonight i got good thought yeah so so i got i got i'm sorry Meeks. i, yeah. I know i'm kind of railroad nah, go ahead this, uh, i'm railroading you here but go ahead. so so I, I gotta ask you about a joint that is that is fairly i think you could call it infamous this is kind of on some record nerd shit, but right. there's a joint you did around 94, 95 called break a bitch neck. And right, I guess right, the, right. The, the legend is, is that there are only 17 test pressings of this record. And I guess it right. was supposed to come out on stretch Armstrong's label at the time. Can you give us a little history or a little background on I guess the creation of that record and why it kind of ended up in the position that it did only being, you know, a test pressing. Um, break a bitch neck was supposed to be on vagina diner album. Okay. Um, Interscope didn't want to release it. because Ted Field was like, look, it was Ted Field and Jimmy Iveen at that time. Ted Field was like, look, man, my mother made Miss Field cookies. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? We can't have a song called Break a Bitch Day. You know? You got an and, album called Vagina point, Diner, though. And, uh, <laughs> you got an uh, album You got an album called Vagina Diner, though. You can't, you can't yeah, break it. It's, it's cool to talk about Vagina Diner eating pussy. But, but not break, break a Bitch Neck. Okay. Neck, you know? Okay. So I was like, I was like, uh. So um, when that happened, we, it was removed, but it was like probably one of the most famous songs. Even Tupac loved it when he said, "All respect to those who break their neck to keep their holes in check." You know? Oh no <laughs> so, way! That's that's right, a reference to I, that, <laughs> right? That used to be that, and that was what was playing in the Interscope in the Interscope all hallways. Oh, wow! <laughs> wow! That's big. <laughs> That is ill. So, yeah. so, 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 Large did that joint, right? Yes, Large Professor did it. Yeah. And I, I guess the, the legend is is that Stretch got a few and you got a few. Is that is that right or no? As far as the test um, pressings yeah. go, yeah, I think so. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so Meeks, so this 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 fucking record now, 
I'm looking at the numbers. Did you see the? Do you see these numbers? Yeah. For a fucking hip hop rap twelve inch, twenty one hundred bucks. Man. For a fucking slab of wax, dude, with break bitch neck on it. Holy shit, man. I, I, I mean, Ock, what's up, man? I mean, that's just crazy, dude. I mean, when when did you when did you realize that that was? I guess this record was that sought after or it was that big of a deal. Um, I realized the record was, um, I, mean, I always realized it was that big of a deal. That was one of the songs. That, that's one of those I can tell songs where I say, yo, all of this shit is dope. All of this shit is good. <laughs> right. I like it all, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's Yeah, that's I was crazy. like, I like it all. I like it all. 2100 bucks, man. 2100 bucks for, for a the 12 inch. For a 12 inch. That's nice. crazy. That's ill. What do you, I, I, what got you a, I got a couple of names I want to throw at you, and um, let's see if we can get some stories on them. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, number one is uh, Heather Hunter. Um, yeah, I, Heather I, Hunter, Heather Hunter, beautiful lady, friend of mine. Um, Heather Hunter came to me one time and said, Joe, I want to rap. I said, you know uh, what? I do sex. I mean, you know, my rap is sex. So let me write the sex raps. I don't think it's fun at all because when you, you're really at the time, Little Kim and them was out there being a sex bitch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. Uh, you're right. really out here fucking and fucking on TV. Right. Like you're not fronting when you say I'll suck your dick. I, you know. You, you, you the real deal. Right. This is it. <laughs> you know, I was like, this is it. This is what it is. Yeah, I, I was like, I, um, I was like, wow. I remember. We could, uh, you know, we could probably we could probably put it together and um, have the hunting. It, it was a fun project for me. I, I liked it. We went around. We was a great friend. And the thing that kind of made the project go the other way was Heather wanted to do um uplifting rap and I was mm. like wait a minute I don't like, 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 <laughs> like, like, hold up it, now let's keep it cracking <laughs> right. I'm like yo let's keep it cracking what are we doing let's, <laughs> let's crack this shit off you and know it's interesting so, that you said you worked with her on those records cause I remember a brief encounter right. with her at uh, one of the Jack the Rapper conventions the only one that I went to here in Atlanta. Oh, I haven't right. heard this story. Yeah, was she oh, was she shopping those records at that time? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she was shopping the records. And um, people was interested in it. And everybody, you know, loved it and understood it. And they seen what it was. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were trying to get everything together on it. Uh, now, when did she pivot and want to do uplifting rap? What what happened? Um, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> you know, she was like, look, I want to go a different route. I want to, you know, tell the girls to stay in school and yada, yada. And I was like, you know, I understand it. Mm-hmm. I understand it. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I just need to probably go do something else, you know? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, the people want this. Yeah. They want this, Heather. They want to have it talking about that shit. Yeah. You know, they yeah. don't want. You know, that was just my idea. I was like, look, I think the people want the head of talking about that shit. Yeah. You know? I would have and, to um, agree with you. Right, right. And no that, and that and that's what made it so real. It wasn't like when we went to interviews, it was a great time. I had running around when we went to interviews, it was like, yo, she's rapping. They were like, oh, can you rap? And when they heard the rap, 
you know, the raps were like, suck my pussy, eat my... They were like, oh, yeah, she can rap. Yeah. The other... My thing with her and my thing with it was, yo, she's keeping it real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And this yeah. is what it is. It's being kept real. Yeah, I mean, no you got, and it's just like, There's just no like you said, um, yeah, just like you said with Lil' Kim and all that, that wasn't really her lifestyle per se, but I think Biggie saw, saw probably the same thing that you saw, like, you know, if if you're going right. to be a female trying to make it in this business, you got to come with, right. with, with, with. With, you gotta grab it by the you pussy. Got, you gotta get it. You gotta get out <laughs> here and get it. There ain't no. We ain't trying to hear the female rock him. We want to hear some sexy shit. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Ock. So, 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 Ock, we're we're right. uh, we're. I, I believe when I was talking to Butcher over the weekend, he mentioned you got like, were was Heather on tour with you guys too, or no, or uh, like what, uh, like how, how did did you have to like groomer to to. I don't know to kind of get in the game or like how did that work? Um, yeah, she was on tour with us. She used to come out every night, you know, and rock it with us, and she used to have fun with it. And um, she wouldn't. It, it, it was a great reception because at the time, putting your mouth was big. I'm coming with Heather Hunter, the biggest porn star in the game. Oh it God, was like yeah. a real. It was like a real sex-capade show, you know? <laughs> yeah. We would come out there, people, you know. This is, I mean, it was like when you would watch NWA come on that stage with guns, you know? Right, right. It's coming on the stage with the porn bitches. He, he got Man. a record call. Fucking Put queen. it in your mouth. That that lady has sucked a cock. I've seen it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was like shit is real. Anything can happen. Crowd felt like, hold on, anything can happen. Yeah. Anything can go down. Yeah, right? well, yeah. One of the one of the realest things I heard on that interview with Nori and EFN was you talking about how you didn't give a fuck where you were from a lineup perspective on a show and who was on the bill. If you uh, came out, if oh, you yeah. came out first, you were doing fucking put it in your mouth, and you were fucking talking about who wants to get their dick sucked, and, <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that was it. Shut it that motherfucker down, down immediately. Shut it down, we had, man. We had, we, we had a professional fluffer with us. Professional, <laughs> you know. <laughs> with us. After that, everybody forgot every fucking yeah. rapper they came to see, every lyric they came to hear. Yeah, you can't follow like, that. It went down. You can't follow that. So, <laughs> so I, I the whole story was, so, yo, it went down. I came, I saw, I conked. <laughs> <laughs> Sold out con. <laughs> so I, that brings me to the other name I wanted to bring up, and that was Janet Jackney. Uh, what was what was your affiliation yeah. with her? Um, her and Heather Hunter were roommates. Mm. They were best friends with each other. Um, she came on the road with us a couple of times. She was a great friend, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful lady. Like you, you know, it's crazy, man. You meet these ladies. You, the persona seems so like. You you know you you know <clears throat> you think of them as these are the holes these are the bitches right. but then when you get there and you get to see them they're the human beings you know and okay. you're like, wow and they and they're respectful and you guys are having fun together and you know you understand each other and that's what it is gotcha 
Was there um was there some type of uh 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 beef or uh, uh, altercation or something with with Janet that that occurred with you guys on tour? Um, I mean, these are people, so you know you're gonna go through arguments with nothing that just stood out crazy that I would remember like that. You know? Okay, got you. Nothing, nothing where nobody got hurt, nobody got killed, nothing yeah. like that. I mean. You see an argument here or there, but this is all this is all music. This is all you know, dick sucking shit that's gonna happen. <laughs> no doubt, gotcha. Right. So, Ak, when, when did you when, when did you when did you decide to kind of hang things up? Or I I, I won't say hang the music up, but uh, I imagine you probably came to a point where you decided, you know, hey, I'm gonna focus on you know, running the club, kind of devoting your time to this. You moved to Miami. Like, were there things happening within the music industry when you were kind of like, all right, you know, uh, it's time to make a transition? Um, Or, you know, uh, because I guess around the late 90s, you kind of, I I guess, uh, you know, kind of put a hold on any, any sort of new music coming out, more or less. Um. It was art imitating life, you know? So it was like I just went in deep. (laughs) The type of music I was making, I just went all the way in deep right now and just, you know, grabbed it by the horns and said, fuck it. And I'm going to go and I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to do it. And that's what happened. I went all the way in. I went in the clubs. I'm inside of it. I am what I speak. I am what I live, you know, I am everything I ever talk about. Right. And and it was like it was like home. It's like um when you meet this gangster rapper, he's this gangster rapper and then finally when he gets the gun and he devotes his life to the street, this is what he was. This is what he was doing, you know? This is who he loved to be. It's just that, you know, it is Chuck D. He rapped about consciousness. After he puts the mic down, he's probably an activist nowadays, you know? Mm-hmm. This is what it is. This is what he was talking about. Right. You know, Jay-Z rapped about being rich. When he puts the mic down, he's going to go be rich <laughs> after that. I rapped about sex. I rapped about pussy. I rapped about girls. After I put the mic down, that's where I should live. <laughs> yeah. I agree. 100%. <laughs> yep. And that's what it was, just being true to the game. <laughs> so, 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 how did you, what was your kind of your, um, I guess, the kind of a defining moment with that transition? Like, did, did you end up opening a, a club first originally in Miami or was it in New York? Or like, what was the, like, what was kind of the catalyst for you making this transition? It was in New York. I got with a friend of mine named F. We had clubs in Manhattan. Um, we had a club medallions. We had a club called Hush in Manhattan. Then I opened up clubs in the Carolinas and mm. the South Carolinas, the North Carolinas. I went to Virginia, opened them up. I spread them things all out everywhere. Mm. You still got, got those spots? By or? the time I got to Miami, that's when I bought King of Diamonds and I got into King of Diamonds in 2008 and turned the place into King of Diamonds. That's what's and, up. You know, so it was like, it, 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 it was like, um, I was in the field. I was doing homework and I was studying it. <laughs> Ak, you still got those uh, those various spots, or they the they pretty much uh, 
non-existent? Um, the spots are still there, but I sold a lot of them. Uh-huh. You know, so it was like they're non-existent for me, but they still exist. They still they exist. Still I got exist you. In all these places. Okay. So it was like you went to these towns, you... You grab all that energy. You grab everything. You grab all the knowledge of all these places. So, so, and then you created this. So, Ock, you, you never made a pit stop in Atlanta or tried to do anything here? You, you just kind of, you just kind of gone gloss over that and head straight to Miami, or? Um, in Atlanta, I really didn't like Atlanta because um, the license stopped at two a.m. Yep. to drink liquor. Yeah, wow, that's right. In in the city, and I, right? you know, and for me, yeah, and and then for me, but I, I I love Atlanta. I like all the places I feel like, um, the Onyx Strip Club out there. I love it. My people own that over there, so it was like you know, I always just stop through here and there. The V Live, obviously, the Magic City is traditional. You had to come, you know, when yeah. I was coming up, I had to go there and see it. Magic is like the blueprint of what this whole thing is over here. Yeah, right. So we had to go pay homage to that. The Nickies that used to be out there, you know. Yes, sir. You got to go pay homage to it. You got the Follies out there. You got the um, Blue the, Flame, uh, Blue something, Blue yeah. Flame. Yeah, yeah, the Blue Flame. Uh-huh. You know, Follies, you Cheetah, all of that. And they're yeah, all Cheetah. good, and they're all right. Yeah. So 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 when does the liquor stop flowing in Miami uh, or South Beach? I would, I would guess never. <laughs> Five six a.m. Never. <laughs> What's, the like <laughs> What's the point? What's the point? Hey, that's what someone says. Look, everybody go to fuck home. Enough is enough. <laughs> <laughs> they have to have a stopping Somebody. point. Yeah, they have to have a time to stop yeah. so people will go home. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah what's they gotta up. have a time. But they have one place in in um in Miami called Club Eleven, which actually goes twenty four hours. Oh wow! And, um, I had a club in Las Vegas. I had a club called Lollipops. If you look it up in Vegas, and Lollipop was another club that I had, and we used to go twenty four hours over there. Whew, man. man, that's a crazy. Hey, life. Ock, that uh, um, that that Vegas thing should be pretty interesting to you with the um, with the, with the brothels and stuff out there. You ever thought about taking that turn? Yeah, yeah, I thought about taking the brothel turn. You know, that's probably the next step. Like we're just gonna get right to it. Okay. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna call it. We're gonna we're gonna call it. We're gonna call the brothel, and it's gonna be called "fuck the bullshit." Because it's gonna be called. <laughs> like, you, you and two people get to come out to fuck the bullshit tonight. <laughs> come to fuck the bullshit with you and a friend. We get two condoms to fuck the bullshit. <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> You have just won two tickets to come to fuck the bullshit. <laughs> Hell no. Nah. Oh, Lord. Where you, where you would get a courtesy glass of water. A courtesy you. glass of water. <laughs> and a Viagra pill. Oh, fuck shit. The bullshit. That's top-notch service um, right there, man. I see, I see the T-shirts Hell and the hats yeah. and everything already, Hell man. yeah. Done deal. Yeah, mad so mad merch. Mad merch. Oh man, Meeks, what else yeah, you got, yeah. man? <laughs> man, I have I, I think I have taken in too much for tonight, sir. I too. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was top notch right here, man. I think we have to take a trip very, very soon. Dog. Oh th- you know what? My fortieth birthday that is coming up. You was up talking very about soon. LA. We're going but, to Miami. Yeah, we, we we were trying to figure it out. Uh, I got, I turned forty in March. 
So we were trying to figure oh, out. Okay, great. Yeah, we're trying to figure out what we were going to do. And I think we just figured it out tonight. We're, we're going to be Miami. we're going to be in fucking Miami, man. We're going to be on fucking Ocean Drive with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, man. Done Please deal. Come through. You have an open invite, you know. Come let's have fun. Done deal. <laughs> there it is. Good deal. All right, Ox. So so we're can- Ocean Drive, King of Diamond V Live. We're having our job there this Thursday, October 13th, coming up. And you know, hopefully everybody to come out and then eventually we'll have our grand opening real soon right after that. And fellas, please don't get too close to the ladies or you will pay child support. Remember, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us tonight and we appreciate it. This is Ocinelli, Mr. Put It in Your Mouth, signing out. Yes, yes, yes. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, Ak, is, is there anywhere that folks can go to find out? I mean, I know you had the shit on all hip hop. You got the you got the series uh, King of South Beach. Uh, is, is there Twitter, right. Instagram, anything like that that people can go kind of get an update as to what's going on or what, what's the what's the story there? Um, yeah, you just go to V Live Miami, V Live Miami three hundred five, I believe. Yeah, I got a couple of um. Instagram's going for, out here, but V Live Miami, I believe, is the main one. Okay. All right, cool. All there right. It is. Good deal. Every Monday, the a new episode, right? Every Monday, 8 a.m., a new episode. We're getting 3 million views every week. We're um, cutting the edge of what television once is. When I was coming up, they told me, hey, you're going to watch television on your phone. I was like, get out of here. You know, mm. it didn't even sound real. But now, we're in the lead of that, and we're you know we're ahead of the game where we're trying to cut this deal and keep everybody watching the television on their phone. That's what's up. <laughs> Absolutely. All uh, right. Yeah. Ah, we're gonna wrap this up. If you can hold tight for just a second while we kind of finish things up here, that'd be great. We really appreciate it, yeah. man. Th- thank you so much, man. Good thank luck you, bro. to you with the opening. Uh, you know, see you soon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're gonna see us in March, my friend. I don't know what day, Definitely. but in March, I'm gonna holler at you, and you're gonna see. Uh, Mr. Meeks and myself. It will just be the two of us. Yeah, uh, it w- 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 we don't we don't bring a posse. We, nah, we, nah. We, we roll very contained and small, and um, you know, right. we we will not cause any trouble. I assure you, none whatsoever. Right. <laughs> All right, let's get it. Good homie. deal. Southern Vanguard Radio DJ yeah. John Doe, Cappuccino Meeks. All right, every Tuesday, every Thursday, twice a week. We out of here. Peace. Peace.